0: Hey, it's Jeff Carla, and welcome to Show Up Fully. This is a podcast where I share what it's like to show up for your real life. If you don't know me, I'm a food stylist and content creation coach. You can find me, it's Carla Contreras, on Instagram and TikTok, and more information in today's show notes. Today's guest is Tammy Folds, and we have tried to create this podcast, I don't know, maybe half a dozen times, and... It's just incredible to be able to roll with life, to be able to laugh with you, Tammy, to be able to just be in your presence. I met Tammy through a group on Facebook a million (laughs) years ago, and I'm going to let you, Tammy, introduce yourself and how you serve the world. Well, I mean, what a great intro. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, it's laughable how many times you've tried to get tech or the world or holidays, and anyway, we made it. so first of all, thank you so much for the invite and for having me and yeah, i hi, I'm Tammy and I am from Toronto, Canada, and I am a grief coach, so I help people, I guide them through loss back to life because we all have lost in our lives, and we generally don't talk about it. And I want to shine a loving light on this traditionally sort of darker, heavier space that we find ourselves in from time to time.
0: It's so beautiful. It's really beautiful because your work encompasses all forms of grief, mm-hmm. not just one particular, and I'm going to use this in terms of cooking, flavor.
1: yes yeah grief is most often associated with death so you know someone dies and we think okay now I'm going to be going through grief which yes obviously very much connected to that but there's actually over 40 types of loss that we tend to encounter in life death divorce diagnosis sort of being like the big three and what I often talk about is the more intangible losses which when you think about the pandemic. Loss of routine, safety, normalcy, community, you know, trust, maybe even faith, those sort of things that you can't quite see, touch, taste, you know, um, but oof, do we feel them? And, you know, even things like anticipatory grief. So maybe someone, you know, has been diagnosed or even, you know, dementia, that sort of thing where they you know something's coming and you have to navigate that time in between. You know, there's all, I mean, all different types of grief and loss out there. And that's the, right? The breadth that I'm trying to bring into a normal conversation uh, about that. So if there is a silver lining, one thing of the pandemic is that we're, we're finally talking about these things. We're not just saying, Hey, caller, how you doing? Oh, great. You move, like, you know, you move on. It's like, whoo, struggling today, you know, and then having these really open, vulnerable conversations about it to help normalize it and validate how we're feeling and not just <laughs> say like shove it into the sub basement of our souls. Cause that's what we're taught, right? That Grief and sadness are bad things, and we don't talk about them. We toughen up, soldier on, chin up, and push forward.
0: I think that's the perfect time for us to have our pause. We talked about Mm -hmm. this before we jumped on the podcast. Would you lead us through a brief moment to be with ourselves? Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, it is a perfect time, because sometimes even just talking about death or grief or sadness or loss really does, you know, um, activate some things in us, some emotions and that sort of thing. So posture first, feet on the ground, hips, you know, feeling just the support beneath a chair or couch or whatever you're sitting on, or if you're out for a walk, just feeling the ground beneath you, shoulders back and down, spine tall, elegant. And just take a notice of your breath. So even as you think about these topics, what's coming up for you? How is your breath responding? Just checking in, no judgment. The breath is often a barometer for what's going on in our body. So if it's short and jagged, maybe up around the collarbones, you know, try to lengthen, smooth it out. The aim of getting the the breath down to the belly so it can rebound and lift your heart.
0: Just noticing,
1: just being with yourself. Asking, how is your heart today? Honoring whatever is there. Perhaps it's joyful, perhaps it's a little sad. Welcome at all. Allow the breath to just smooth out any rough edges. So where body goes, mind will follow. So if you can calm the body, you can calm the mind. Good. One more deep breath in. And exhale at the mouth. Let it all go. Notice any shifts just from taking that little minute pause. And then when you're ready, just slowly,
0: sweetly, gently blink the eyes back. Hi. That was so beautiful. Thank you for sharing that practice with everyone. I can't wait to hear what everyone thinks about it.
1: (laughs) I think the the breath is the most underutilized, factory-installed, you know, tool that we have. It's in us all the time. And tapping into that, again, it really is a barometer for how we're feeling. So if it's short, right, you know, we can calm that down. So in those moments where you're feeling emotional, first thing I turn to is the breath honoring just what's there accepting acknowledging and then using the breath to move it through
0: I love this I love it so much I'm going to talk about Mm -hmm. food Mm -hmm. so that we can shift into showing up I love to ask everyone what was your last meal
1: I had a bacon and egg wrap
0: and coffee
1: for breakfast
0: that sounds delicious yeah
1: that's good. It's cold here, right? So I wanted something nice and warm and comforting.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I wanted to ask you about showing up. This podcast is called Show Up Fully for a Reason because we're asked in all these different spaces. And I'm going to include grief, which I have not included in this before, but mm-hmm. I've included religion and spirituality and relationships and business and all these different spaces. But I find it interesting to bring grief into the conversation of showing up. And I often ask people how they show up, but more importantly, why they show up. What's the why behind showing up? And we'll get into what you do when you don't want to show up Mm -hmm. after that.
1: (laughs) Well, it's interesting because you say showing up and I put the emphasis on fully, right? Because we're all taught right oh the joyful happy rainbow sunshine lollipop moments right you look at (laughs) any social media feed that's what we're promoting but to be really wholehearted right is to show up also for these heavier you know emotional things there so so again that's where i would say like i would ask you know how are you showing up for those for that side kind of the more shadowy sides of ourselves and and then asking even i'm a coach (laughs) right so i can't help but to ask questions but to also ask then you know like you asked why why do we show up and are you showing up for those sides of yourself so that we're not orphaning or abandoning any of those things and shoving them down invite them to the table right if you think of that as a meal you know so grief is showing up today beautiful come in you're welcome here you know how how can we help you what are you here to teach me you know um befriending these emotions and the why for me for showing up and especially again in this space of grief is being there you know for people and and with grief especially we often worry about oh, i don't want to say the wrong thing i'm so you know worried i'll call them tomorrow and you have the best of intentions and we, we do this and then a day goes by and then that becomes a week and you're like oh now i'm just in a shame spiral because my friend's you know father died Oh, and I just, I wasn't able to show up for them. And it's even more vulnerable to circle back two weeks later, you know, and say, Oh my gosh, you know, Carla, I'm so sad. I'm so sorry. I wasn't able to be there for you. I'm here. You know, how can I be of support and not worrying about what it is that you're going to say. It's the showing up that matters. It's why funerals are such a display of trust. That really does build trust with people because in those moments looking around that room and just seeing, wow, there's like, you know, whatever, 50, 100 people here who are literally showing up for me. They don't even have to say a word, but they're there. Glennon Doyle has that beautiful story where um, her sister was grieving and she just sat outside her door. Like I'm here. And this is why it's important to show up. So I'd love that. That's the basis of your podcast, right? Of why it's just so important to show up, to be there, to connect, you know, um, with our loved ones when they need us, especially.
0: So if someone was, and I feel like I was reading this, I can't remember what is the source. If I find it, I'll drop it into the show notes, but how do we show up in terms of other areas of grief in our lives and, or for other people? Because I know for me personally, and I do have a podcast episode, it's called my $38,000 lesson. It's me and my start as a digital entrepreneur, and it's rough. And there was a lot of grief in there. And I wonder how we can show up for things that are not necessarily linked to life or death.
1: I would start with just the definition of grief that I use from the Grief Recovery Institute, which is grief is the change of or end, change in or end of a familiar pattern of behavior, right? So starting a new business and maybe having some losses around that, which you know, may be a financial more tangible or just that death of a dream, you know, or expectations that won't be fulfilled and that sort of thing. So kind of just starting with that and understanding, again, that's what grief really does encompass and showing up for that, you know, is for me a reflective practice, but always begins with awareness and acceptance of where you're at. So not like, oh, I should be, you know, making X amount of money. I'm just thinking your entrepreneur example, and I haven't listened to that episode, but right. But it's like, oh, I should, you know, I shouldn't have lost $38,000, you know, or whatever it was that happened. Accepting that going okay here's where i'm at how can i meet myself there how can i show up for myself how can i speak with compassion and kindness you know for this thing that i tried and didn't go the way i thought it would that is all grief you know it's that it's again that change in a familiar pattern of behavior or you know wishing things were different better or more than what they are or and or the loss of hopes and dreams and expectations for the future Right? So if you can kind of contextualize it that way, then that leads the, or shines a bit more of a light on a path of like, okay, that is grief. When, you know, when the pandemic was on, there was a great Harvard Business Review article that said, that discomfort you're feeling, it's grief. Because all of us hadn't really contextualized it that way before, right? We always just think grief with death. So being able, right, we're in the pandemic, like, whoa, I've gone through all this stuff in such a fast, you know, amount of time. Oh, this doesn't feel good. I feel kind of uncomfortable and maybe i would say it's like scratchy it's like oh i just i don't feel right in my body
0: you know so being able just to meet yourself
1: there show up for yourself in that way and understand that it's normal the way you're feeling
0: i'm trying to think there was an i feel like it was a it was either a new york times or the new yorker but they emphasize the word languishing Mm. and i feel like that's that issue like i can even feel it in my body like whoa (laughs) what is this
1: yeah. And it just helps us again, right? Go, oh, okay. Hey, I'm not alone. Grief can feel very isolating. It's like, Oh, there's actually a term for that, which then expands your world, you know, because your limits are your language. Right. So the more we can be like, Oh, okay, there's a term for that. There's also great work being done um, by Mark Brackett who, uh, yeah, studies emotional intelligence at Yale. They have some awesome apps. I'll give you the link for them so you can put them in the show notes that really just help with that emotional granularity so that, again, we're taught three kind of main ones, right? Mad, sad, glad. How are you feeling? I'm good. <laughs> you know, or, Oh, I'm really angry. There are hundreds of emotions and the more we can get in touch with that language. So I'm not angry. I'm disappointed. Right. Which reminds me of parents, you know, when your parent says, I'm disappointed in you. Oh, it, it's so different. <laughs> right. <laughs> But under, And the same thing with sadness, you know, it's like, oh, actually I'm lonely or I'm feeling anxious. It helps us to expand our world. Because even if, if you and I are in conversation and I can really get down to that, yeah, like I'm feeling really lonely right now. You're going to respond to me in a different way than I've just said I'm sad. Right? You're going to be able to show up differently for me. Help, you know, be there with me in that and help um let we move through, you know?
0: Yeah. There's a distinction there. And I, and I do find myself personally pulling out that wheel because mm-hmm. I have two young kids and sometimes it's not so clear cut. Yeah. Right. And multiple or even conflicting emotions at
1: the same time. That's another, you know, uh, tenet of grief too, is conflicting, confusing emotions at the same time. There may be relief and, you know, sadness or, um, joy, right. Laughing, you know, in these moments where, oh, I should be sad. This is a funeral, right. It's, it's really, again, that wholehearted, that fully being there in that moment.
0: Can we talk about shame? Because I know that you're trained by Brené Brown And I would love to like link the two, shame and and grief, and how those two are connected. Yeah, there she wrote a
1: blog on that about the toxic twins. That's what I kind of call them. Because they both live in secrecy, silence, and judgment. Right? We we judge ourselves for why am I not over this yet? We broke up, you know, a year ago. I can't believe I'm still here. And that, you know, kind of kicks off that shame spiral, then we feel not good enough, you know, and all those come up, but we don't ever I talk about the neck being the the literal physical bottleneck of the body, right? You just look at yourself. It's like, my head's the cork, this is the the bottleneck. And then we we stuff it all down. So we'll have these feelings of shame and grief that again, are full contact emotions right? They, they manifest physically, emotionally, spiritually, you know, everyone can have those stories of being on the couch or just, you know, like I joke about the pity party, you know, it's like I'm having the tub of ice cream, the Netflix, you know, wine, all the things to help bring that comfort to me. And that's natural. I and mean, of course, you want to seek those because these are painful, again, like full contact emotions. So, They're they're linked together. I mean, obviously, people have to. It wouldn't be me to do the research. It'd be someone like Brene, who is talking more about that. And even she admits she's like, I kind of steered away from from grief for a while because it was just so hard to contextualize and make sure I was getting that full picture of it. And um, yeah, it's things that we need to talk about because the more we can shine the light on these universal things that we go through. We all have some shame in our lives. We are all going through loss. You can't get through life without experiencing those. So the more we can have these very heartfelt, open, vulnerable conversations about it, that's the antidote, right? As, as Brene would say, you can put that um, shame in a Petri dish, douse it with empathy. It can't survive. So the more we can be like, yeah, this, this, this does suck right now. I'm here for you, right? Ooh, like you see people's shoulders just drop. Like I don't even know what to say. I'm just so glad you told me. Right. It's like, Oh, and there's a, it brings in that pause of like, yeah, thank you. That's it. You know? So those two are in our lives. And again, we just need to honor and acknowledge them. They just want to be seen and heard and know they matter as much as joy and happiness and love and right and that's actually when you get into um, so my yogi side, the the chakra system, the the shadow of the heart chakra is grief, right? So the, knowing how those are even interlinked and they're always going to play together. You know, Queen Elizabeth, right? That was one of her great lines: "Is the price of the price of love is
0: grief?" But honoring it all, yeah. Tammy, I want to ask you about. Sitting with feelings because you yeah. talked about like the active ice cream, Netflix, <laughs> like so, there's like, a lot of active yeah. things. What is it like to? I don't know. I'm mean, going to use the language of like be in grief. Mm-hmm.
1: Grief is unique and individual to everyone. So just understanding that as well, there's no like one way, there's no right or wrong, you know, way to do it. If you and I were sisters, yeah, and our you know, our father died, we could have completely, completely different responses to that, and both are valid and true and okay. So being with it is going to be unique to you. For me, it's inviting it in, and I try to, and so let's say we are talking about a death, I try to actually almost feminize it, because I think, in our society here, and at least in Western culture, it's like this, you know, imagery of the Grim Reaper, (laughs) who's this black, dark figure that, like, pops out of the shadows and comes and you don't expect them, steals children from the woods, you know, whatever. It's this kind of weird, uh, I don't know how that even came to be. I prefer to think of it as a more feminine presence. So I just saw you, like, take a sip of your tea there, right? Like, she has a cup of tea. She's maybe in, like, a nice flowy gown, you know, that wants to have a chat with you. Come sit on the couch with me, you know? And again, I just want to be seen and honored and know that I matter too. Cause as soon as we feel it again, we tend to shove it away. So to be with it is for me having a conversation. And one of my favorite tools and it's in my, uh, my workbook I just put together was have any emotion write you a letter, but let's say it is sadness. So you cozy up, you have a cup of tea together and sadness, you know, what do you, what you want to tell me? What is it I need to know? Why are you here? And, right, it just it's entering into that with love versus, oh, I can't believe this. I can, you know, we're here again or again. I'm still in this state and oh, I'm fighting, fighting, fighting. What if you were to flow with it instead? See what they have to say. And then write a letter in return. Sadness. I honor you. Thank you so much for being here. I know you're a part of me. I've heard what you had to say, right? Again, it's going to be unique to you, but, and here's my thoughts on that. Because what it is, is just really moving the emotion through. I think of emotions as energy in motion. So again, if we, if we stuff it, stop it, be like, no, I'm not feeling you. I'm going to, right. And there's a million ways we can, we can find different ways to cope. But it's being mindful about that fine line between comfort and numbing. So comfort for me is a couple squares of chocolate, blissful, maybe a glass of wine. Numbing is going to be finishing the whole bar, going through the whole bottle of wine, not really even remembering, <laughs> you know, because I just went through all that or eating the whole, you get say, into the bottom of the bag of chips. You're like, oh my gosh, how did this even happen? And again, but again, you can do anything, right? It can be, I had a client who was working out three times a day, like, but it's healthy. But again, is it, you're escaping to the gym or, you know, is it actually bringing you comfort? Sorry, I went off a little tangent there, but just knowing that it's unique to you and, and being with it just means literally that giving it space and time. And sometimes it's not even that long. It can be like a five minute, again, for me, it's more of a conversation hi how you doing what are you here to teach me let's walk this path together and then often it's you know they calm down after that it's when it's it's boiling inside you yeah that it tends to then flare up at times that we don't want it <laughs> you know at the christmas you know party you're like Wah! and then all these emotions come out so the more we can kind of release that cork you know and and let them out in that space and time that we can create for it
0: I have another question. So I feel like not showing up. I don't know how to ask this question to you because I feel like, what is it like perhaps with clients? What is it like for them to not show up for their grief and then perhaps seek to work with you?
1: Yes. I would say, well, it's back to that numbing piece. They're recognizing that oh, this is actually really impeding my life. The the you know kind of common refrain I hear is, "I just don't know who I am anymore. I want to get back to my happy, joyful self." And for some, it's 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 physical things like sleep, or they it's the funny. It's right. It's either too much sleep or too little eating, too much or not enough stomach pains. You know, there's different ways that that grief can manifest. In Chinese medicine, I know it's more the lungs, right? So they may have some respiratory issues. So there's different ways that they'll get that sign. Sometimes it's also just their friends and family being like, yeah, you, you know, we haven't seen you smile, you know, in a long time, or you're just kind of, you're showing up to these things, but you're not fully present. And we weren't taught these tools, right? As as children, right? It's that toughen up, be strong, keep busy, uh, replace the loss, Right. Oh, you broke up with someone, get a new, or even a dog, right? Oh, your dog died, get a new dog. All these ways that we try to intellectualize, again, something that's in our hearts. It's our head trying to heal our hearts, and that doesn't work. It may be a short-term fix. Uh, The biggest, you know, kind of myth we hear is, oh, give it time. Time heals all wounds. It does lessen pain. You know, there, there is a kernel of truth in that, yet... We all know, (laughs) when I was doing my training, I had a guy next to me. He's like, it's been 50 years. It hasn't gotten better, you know? And the way to process that is to talk about it. Again, getting it through this bottleneck, through the, the throat chakra, and speaking it to another person who has earned the right to hear that story. So someone that you trust, that you know can hold space for you, that will not judge Critique, analyze, just again say thank you so much. I'm so honored that you shared that with me. That is where the magic is, right? Because that is getting that energy out. We also do a lot of writing, (laughs) you know, in here, because the hand, I believe, is a conduit between the head and heart. So if our head's trying to heal the heart, the hand's really gonna be what helps to honor what's in the heart as well. You know, and I think I totally strayed from
0: your question, (laughs) I guess. I think it's oh, awesome. God. I I really love I really love how deep you go into and I want to see the word healing. Deep into the world, you know. And I feel like the tools that you have and especially I'd love for you to share about this workbook because we've gone back and forth and as <laughs> we've gone back and forth this workbook, I feel like it turned in from like, I don't know, I'm just gonna say five-page PDF to now, what is it, 70 pages? Yes.
1: I got into a flow state. But I wanted to have a very heart-centered offering that's accessible for anyone because we are all dealing with something, right? Again, we're coming off, I mean we're still in the pandemic, but like we're on kind of the heels of it, we're trying to navigate. There's also all those recession, you know, like there's a lot going on. And again, it's something that we tend to keep in secret in silence. So I wanted to have a workbook that, yeah, if three in the morning on a random Thursday, whew, here comes that wave of grief again. You can turn to this workbook. It's kind of a, a choose your own adventure almost set up. So there's information, there's education, like we're talking about here, just the myths of grief, what grief is, what the different types of losses are. And as well as wonderful worksheets, you know, everything from I love coloring. So I have some coloring pages in there because I find that very meditative through to doing coping playlists. You know, maybe music is your way. And so what kind of songs will you play for these different emotions? It's there's a whole chapter there too on emotional intelligence. Again, why it's so important that we get um, that granularity so that we can move those emotions through easier, right? Because grief, shame are really big. So the more we can kind of pull the threads out of those tapestries, then we can process them easier. So yeah, so that's why maybe that's why we had all those <laughs> hiccups, but that's so I could have this workbook ready, you know, for your listeners. So yeah, we'll put a link in for that, but I'm really excited about it. I'm really proud of it. It's beautifully designed if I do say so myself, but it's really that heart, heart offering, you know, cause that's what, that's what the, that's where the grief is, right. Is in the heart.
0: And that's the center of your work. Yes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's our, I believe it's more intelligent than our brains. <laughs> you know, I, I feel therefore my, you know, I am, is more my, my thought about that. Um, it is. I mean, you look at, there's all the, the actual science behind it and that as well, about the, you know, I can't speak to all that, but it is, there's immense intelligence there. And the more we can quiet, slow down, and dive in to our hearts knowing that they're there to guide us all the time. Again, another factory installed piece, our lungs and our heart can really just help to, to shine that light and guide us forward.
0: I'm so grateful for you. I am for you too.
1: I know. I love these like warm, fuzzy hug conversations.
0: It's been so beautiful. How can we find you, Tammy? How can we work with you? How can we support you?
1: Yes, uh, you will find me at innertravelcoaching.com. And basically that's the same on all the socials. Instagram, Inner Travel Coach. Facebook is Inner Travel Coaching. (laughs) Um, But yeah, that's mainly where you find me and you can work with me again with uh, the workbook. I also have a series on love letters. So again, that little exercise of where you have the letter writing between you and an emotion. I have that as a five-part free email series you can sign up for. Yeah. And then of course one-to-one, if you want to do that, there's I'll take you through the grief recovery method, which is the the evidence-based step-by-step, you know, plan that takes you through um, the right, you're just your heart's broken, you're not broken, it's just your heart. So we we dive into that space and and help you heal that. Because you say it is a healing practice, right? Grief is always going to be a part of our lives, but what I do is help you complete the pain. It's not closure, you know. Because uh, again, they're always going to be a part of your heart, but how can we complete the pain and put that behind us so that you can move forward, you know, a little lighter and a little
0: happier? Thank you, Tammy. Thank you, Carla. I'm so I'm grateful. grateful you made it
1: happen. Yeah. Me too.
0: And everyone listening, find Tammy and all of her work in today's show notes. And if this podcast resonated with you, send it to a family member. Send it to a friend. Posted in your stories on social media. Again, you can find me. It's Carla Contreras on Instagram and TikTok. More information will be in today's show notes. I'm sending you and yours love. Bye, everyone.